0: Well, we welcome TJ back to Necessary Roughness. It's a week off last week, and we're in a very unique phase of the NFL offseason. OTAs mini camps are done, rookie mini camps are done. And I remember this the six weeks before training camp. And it's it's changed a little bit over the years. I know what was different, TJ, for you at the end of your career than it was at the beginning it was certainly different for me throughout the course of my career because of different cbas different rules that came into effect but what's this time like from your perspective leading up to training camp where you got a little free time and all everything that you're supposed to get done is you're going to basically be doing it solo
1: yeah and I, i actually saw a quote i can't remember who said it uh maybe a couple days ago, but you go through these phases in the offseason: phase one, phase two, phase three. uh, Somebody actually called it phase me. I'm like, you know what? That's pretty catchy. I like that because it really is about uh, you as the individual, right? You're not going to have people, um, you know, staying on top of you, making sure you're working out, making sure you're getting up at the right time, making sure you're eating the right food. You got to learn what it is uh, to do all that on your own. And being a rookie, I think that's probably the biggest challenge, right? This is the first time, that a lot of these guys are going to have a break. Uh, You think about Jack Campbell, you think about Jameer Gibbs, Laporta, and, and right, these guys went straight from their college season, straight into, you know, training for uh pro days, straight into the combine, straight into the draft, straight into rookie uh, mini camps and OTAs to follow. Now this is probably for a lot of those young guys, that first time that they get at least, what, over a month on their own, yeah. right? And uh it can go one of two ways. I mean, <laughs> I I I gotta be honest with you. I was kind of one of those guys, my rookie year. I'm like, man, just got a nice signing bonus in my pocket. I went back home and I kind of partied for a couple weeks with the guys and celebrated. And uh those you realize those six weeks go by fast. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to get back into shape for training camp, uh, you know, if you take a couple days off. But this this phase is always about uh being a true professional in my mind, uh going home because there's not a lot of guys that stay. Uh, in their NFL town unless they live there permanently most guys are going to go back home most guys are going to take this uh, six weeks to prepare for training camp but it also uh, to spend some time with your family right because we all know when training camp starts you are locked down like it is it like there's not much time for uh, mom and dad back home brothers and sisters back home it is I mean it's go time so uh, this this phase was always uh, probably the best phase I think uh just optimism right you go home you train you got a lot of positivity built Uh, you're getting ready gearing up for training camp uh but at the same time you get to kind of step back take a breath hit the reset button a little bit uh before you dive full go uh into training camp which like i said these these six weeks for a player uh they go by fast they go by fast
0: was it different for you and obviously you identified hey you're going into your rookie year and and a lot of this is is a learned Behavior, you learn that you, you gotta stay in shape, you got to do your 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 due diligence and make sure you're doing all of the things to be a pro. And some of that, you know, happens in year two, year three, year four. And we've heard that from guys like Aleem McNeil, Levi Zurique, how they're you know taking it upon themselves to reshape their bodies, and this is part of that that final push before training camp. But for you, excluding that rookie year. When you were in Green Bay, because you also mentioned when you're in, you know, when you live in the city, I don't know if you lived in Green Bay year round, but obviously you come back and play in Detroit, it's where you're from. And you've got family here, you, you've got roots here, you probably didn't go, did you still go to Allen Park or was it more, hey, I'm going to find a different place to work out just because I need a break from going into the football facility? Yeah,
1: no, I, I always had uh, my own you know, personal private place that I used to go. Um, do a lot of group training with other athletes that uh, were in the Detroit area for the off season. Uh, and, and like you said, it just kind of breaks up the monotony of being in the building every single day. Right. Yeah. Even though you're doing the same thing, workout wise, whether you're in Allen park or for my case, whether, you know, I'm in Plymouth, Michigan uh, there's just a sense of, when you drive to the facility, it does kind of feel like you're going to work, right? So (laughs) it's like, you want to find somewhere else. You want to make sure you find somebody that, and look, the biggest thing for me, I always wanted to find a spot where I could do group training because you're still going to get competition day in, day out, whether it's, you know, who's hitting most reps on the bench, who's, uh, you know, the quickest in some of the agility drills that you do, right? Uh, For me, that was always uh, a, a big thing that I looked for and I was able to find for really probably my last seven years in the NFL, um, just a consistent place where I can go. And I knew I was going to get better in the off season. I knew I was going to be around uh, other talented guys, other NFL players uh, that were going to drive me every single day. So that for me was just a change in the mindset where I didn't want to go to the facility every day because it, it just felt like you didn't it, want to be going it, to work. It didn't feel like a break. on it your time like, off. It felt like you were going to work. Right. Um, yeah. It was. And I think most guys are like that, John, I know in green Bay, uh, my eight years there, I used to come back to Detroit uh, in the offseason, whether that was after the season, whether that was this six-week period uh, to come back home and, uh, you know, train and spend some time with family before training camp locks up. Uh, but, no, I think most players, where th- where they go in the offseason, they have their designated spot. Uh, this is where I'm going to train. I know who I'm working out with. Uh, a lot of guys, whether it's quarterbacks or receivers, I'm sure we'll see in the next month. Uh, Jared Goff and you know some of the receivers probably getting together for a week, throwing, making sure they're getting their timing down, uh, making sure they're not necessarily wasting what they just accomplished in OTAs. Right, you still have to find a a pattern somewhat to be a, a consistent to make sure you go into training camp in uh, stride and try not trying to catch up where you were. Ah uh, just a couple weeks ago when OTAs got. got
0: yeah, the you don't want to waste those first couple of trays of training camp, trying to get back to where you were at OTAs or where you were at at you know mini camp. but it was a little bit different for me, and not like it's that long ago, but there's been so much change in technology. For me, when I was with the Washington Redskins, and then one of my last few years when I was here in Detroit, we did have this bulk of time before, and I ended up using the football facilities, one to work out because the strength coaches are still there. They'd put you through a workout um, and they would push you. It wasn't necessarily that group training that you that you talked about, but it was the ability to work out with the strength and conditioning coaches. It was a little bit of time to get some more work in the training room. If you had some aches and pains, you wanted to make sure we're taking care of before the season. But for me, it was the only time during the year where i could sit in our meeting rooms and just watch film and not have to worry about somebody you know teaching somebody else what i was you know looking at or doing and and it may sound selfish but it was it was the time that i got to watch film how i wanted to watch film and at that time like we didn't have ipads we didn't have the ability to take the film home I mean, i could take it on a you know vhs tape um (laughs) and again it's not that long ago but it sounds like it um and it was my way of using the technology and, wa- you know, working out, but then watching film and putting, you know, putting the finishing touches on, you know, because when I was in Washington, right, we played the Giants twice a year. So I knew I was going to play, you know, Mike Strahan. What did he do differently last year? What was there, so- was there something that I needed to continue to watch for him? Same thing with the Eagles. Same thing with Dallas. Like common opponents – And then it was also an opportunity for me to look at anybody that I hadn't played against, individuals, and, you know, if we were going to play Miami this year, um, looking at Jason Taylor and finding out, you know, what are the rushes that he likes? Is there anything that gives me an advantage on him at the snap of the ball, knowing what, you know, what I needed to know to anticipate his moves? Um, You know, it was that time for me to be able to work more on the mental side of things in preparation for camp. Because you know, once camp hits, right, you got practice, you got practice film to watch. And nobody really watches much film for preseason games, if any. You may watch it coming out of the game because you want to see steps. And at that time, actually, everybody did play in preseason games. But you don't really get that extra time to prepare for week one, two, eight, 10, 12, whatever it is. Um, and you're going to get some of that when you get there as as the course of your week goes. But it was the bulk of that film watching I was able to do in that four to six weeks leading up to training camp. And speaking of training camp and practices, we heard from Jameer Gibbs this past week. And and this is something that I always I thought was a great transition from college to the NFL is that you practice differently in the NFL. You're supposed to be a pro. You're supposed to have whether it's your health, it's your fitness, it's your technique, it's your film study, that's done on your own time for the most part. Right. Practice is, hey, you're putting in game plans, you're putting in plays, and you're expected to go out there and perform. And this is what he had to say about the comparison of an NFL practice compared to what he experienced uh, with Nick Saban at Alabama. He said, NFL practice is different from college. How like they approach the day, what they do in their spare time and their free time, uh Saban referring to Nick Saban, he's probably hitting every day. Full pads in the heat for two hours. Here we get good work in, but they don't try to kill us. Now that's OTAs. That's OTAs. It's yeah, right. mini camp. He has not yet experienced <laughs> yeah. training camp, but
1: careful what you wish for. <laughs> it's going to be
0: much more physical, especially with Dan. Um right. it's gonna be a little bit more physical, but it's still in my opinion, in the, the 12 years, 12 training camps that I had in the NFL, it was never as physical as it was in college. It was, you know, we still had two days in the NFL, but it was never the same tempo, the same intensity, the same pace as it was in college. It, it And it has to be different because instead of getting ready for it, at that time it was 11 games and a bowl game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. member FDIC. Now you're getting ready for 17 games and hopefully a playoff run. Yeah. You're preparing for something completely different, but you're also at a, you know, the expectations on you and he mentioned it. Um, what you do in your spare time and your free time is different than it is in college as well oh
1: yeah you're not being you're, your hand isn't being held every step right. of the way, right you got to be here you got to be here right this is what we're doing yeah. like you you're you got you got to be where you're expected to be and you're the only person in charge of that yeah um so that's obviously the biggest adjustment but the one thing we do know and we saw it last year on hard knocks was i mean dan campbell doesn't run a country club training camp. no you know this isn't our practices and pads guys take a couple days off Uh, you know, come back, you know, we'll go helmets for a couple like Dan Campbell is it's these training camps are, I'm not going to say grueling, I think would be a tough word, but he said something last year. Right. And I think you could kind of read between the lines in that hard knocks clip where he was like, man, you guys just got to trust me. You know, like I know how your bodies are feeling. I know, you know, I know, I know, I know what it's like, you know, going five straight days in pads, but just trust me. Right. We've got a plan for all this. It's going to pay off, uh, down the road. Uh, now Jameer Gibbs talking about how easy <laughs> practices are this time of year. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're damn right they are. Better, yeah, I mean just wait, but you know, it's just wait, young man. And I listen, I know that you know, John, you played in the old school rules. I played the first couple of years in NFL in old school rules where we still had two a days. We still had you know, six and straight in days afternoon. of full pads. Now yep. there's there's time limits. There's only certain. Uh, amount of times you can spend in pads before you have to take a day off right it's different now it's not as hard as it used to be but I do know Dan Campbell you know his training camp practices are tough I mean those guys are out there they're hitting but it's by design I mean he does it for a reason he does it for a purpose now they're never going to go full contact what Jameer Gibbs kind of hinted at that uh, Nick Saban likes to run in college but uh, I don't want people reading that quote and being like wow the Lions are running you know, easy practices. Wow, they're just maybe they're not putting the work in, right? This is OTA. So you're only allowed on the field for I think it's 90 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, in helmets only. So what what the Lions are doing necessarily isn't outside of the uh, uh, the norm from what every other team
0: is doing this time of year. How much do you think Dan Campbell will evolve as his team ages? Because. He does run a more physical camp than some other ones We you know we heard from uh, you know Philly last year that it was more of the country club atmosphere and obviously they had success but they've got a much more veteran roster and right now going into last year the Lions had what is the third youngest roster in the NFL. They're not much more veteran now yes they do have more of a veteran presence in the secondary, but you've got young players everywhere and they're learning, the NFL game. They're learning what it means to be a pro. Some of those guys are probably going to take these six weeks, much like you did your rookie season, and there's going to be an awakening when they hit training camp. How much yeah. of that is Dan Campbell coaching a young team versus maybe three or four years down the road when Penny Sewell's in his second year contract? Hopefully, Amon Ross St. Brown's still here in a second contract. Aiden Hutchins, second contract. You've got the bulk of your team that will have much more experience, Kirby Joseph and Lee McNeil. All of these guys should be veteran players at that point. How will he, do you think he'll evolve with his team? I think you have to.
1: I think uh, that for me is a quality that I want in a head coach. I want a guy that evolves um, with the team. I want a guy that evolves with uh, the times, right? Uh, I think we've seen, and I'm not trying to you know bash anybody here, but we've seen a lot of coaches uh, over the past five to ten years, call it what you want, that come into a new team with this old-school mindset that we're just going to you know, grind you into the ground every single day, it doesn't work anymore, right? I think there's a couple guys like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are probably grandfathered into that rule, yeah. and you know why? Because they have a ton of championships. Players yeah. know Hey, uh, it, it's going to suck here. It's going to be hard as hell. We're going to be hitting. We're going to be out there three hours. But you know what? The payoff. Look at all those Super Bowl trophies up on the shelf, right? You can't be a head coach that comes in from one of those teams and expect the same kind of, uh, you know, respect and, and say, we're going to do it this way. And we're going to grind you into the dirt. Well, you know what? Like That's just not the way to, to earn trust in today's NFL. So you have to evolve, right? The, the players are changing every single year. Uh, the one good thing we know about Dan Campbell is that, he is not going to grind his veterans into the ground, yeah. right? I think we already saw that a little bit throughout this uh, this past uh, phase now in the OTAs and the mini camp where, you know, hey, how many, coach, how many guys are missing? Today? I will probably have 15, 20 guys working on the side. Whether that's guys with little, you know. Bumps and bruises. Bumps and bruises that, hey, they're just being cautious with, or whether that's veteran guys, you know, getting a day's rest because they earned it and they deserve it. Uh, Dan Campbell has shown he can do that. Uh, The one thing about a coach like Dan Campbell is from a player's perspective, you can't take those guys for granted, right? Dan Campbell is, I would label him as a player-friendly coach uh, because I think he's approachable. I think he's consistent. I think he does listen to the players. Uh, Hey, coach, we might need a day off here, right? Might might need to tone this down a little bit. He listens to the guys. From a player's perspective, though, you can't take that for granted, right? You can't take take advantage of it. You can't take advantage of that. You cannot go in there and start abusing – uh, that two- way respect to a point where, hey, yeah, you maybe know, we we're feeling lazy to hey coach, can we take one on ones out. You know what I mean? like yeah. you can't you can't do that. and I, and there haven't been any signs that that's happened. And I think as long as that uh, respect and that uh you know relationship, so to say, goes keep keeps building and keeps getting better, Dan Campbell is gonna prove to these guys. Uh, that, yeah, I'm going to work you hard, guys. We're going to grind. But when you need a day off, when you need time off, I know when that time is. I know when to back you down. And just trust me. Trust me, right? I've got a plan. Uh, we've got a plan for not only the first week of training camp, but we've got a plan for the whole season, right? Sometimes as a player, it's easy to lose track of the long view. You take things day by day most of the time. Um, but from Dan Campbell's perspective, it seems like he uh, he's always had a good plan around the team. And it always seems like you don't, you don't really hear many players bitching about uh, you know what they're doing in Allen Park right yeah. we know that it's tough we know that there's going to be some days where you're not feeling good and you're out there but you don't really hear the grips and the and the uh, the gripes and the moans coming out of locker room and, and guys being a little uh, unpleased with how things are going on and I think that's a testament to the coach and I think that's a testament to the players uh, earning that respect and also not not taking advantage of that respect
0: well and I think it I means the honest communication You got to be honest with the coach. Coach has to to look at that and say, are these guys, you know, were they honest with me last time? And if they are, then hey, you're going to take them for their word and and it's all going to go down to what type of quality of practices they're having, what do they look like when they get in those preseason games, and then ultimately, what does it look like when they play the Chiefs, when they play the Seahawks to start the season off. Uh, And next week, here's something I I do want to get to because while it is a young team, the offensive line is a bunch of veterans. And you mentioned guys sitting out. We know Frank Ragnow has a toe issue that it's not going to be made better by surgery. So you're not going to see him a lot in the preseason. You probably didn't see him a lot on the field during OTAs and mini camps. Penne Sewells going into his third year. I wouldn't classify him as a, you know, as as a as a you know seasoned vet, but He's proven that he knows how to prepare himself for a football season. And you're going to need him for 17 games. Taylor Decker, one of the things that we've talked about over the last couple of years is, hey, was it two years ago when he missed because of a, you know, a broken finger? Uh, Jonah Jackson last year had a finger issue. That's the one group that I think Dan Campbell is going to look at and say, how are these guys feeling? what does it look like? What's their availability? Who do I need to hold out? Because you got to be able to build that chemistry, but you also got to make sure that the the number one thing that everybody talks about with the with the Detroit Lions is the level of the offensive line play. We got to make sure that that offensive line, and if Vitai is back, you're going to have to be very careful with how you use him and his back. You got to be able to test it, but if he's passing those tests, you got to make sure that he's available week one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a, a major gauge on how this team is practicing in the preseason and the success of this team is going to really rest on how the offensive line stays healthy. Yeah, and there's
1: there's a fine line when you talk about, uh, you know, resting guys and, and sitting guys out. And look, there's certainly, we know that they need to find uh, some depth, right? We know they need to find who's going to be the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth offensive lineman, but they also got to figure out uh, who's going to take over that right guard role? Right, we know it was Vitai a couple years ago. He missed all of last season. Uh, they brought in Graham Glasgow. Uh, Vitae, from all reports, has 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 been feeling better and healthier. Um, so you you can't necessarily try to rest. You know, we're going to rest Pinet, We're going to rest Frank. Well, now that right guard, whoever it is, is battling for a a competitive spot, a starting spot on this team, might not have the guys next to him that he's going to play with. Uh, So there's always a fine line. But, you know, that's that's what coaches get paid for. They've got to figure out uh, what the right recipe is for these players, what kind of reps they need together. um, Because we all know that, John, the best offensive lines I played on were the guys that Uh, we practiced every single day together and we played every single game together as well. You know, those were the, when, when you got guys missing, uh, you know, when you kind of roll into week one, week two, and Hey, we haven't had a, we haven't had a rep together. We haven't had a double team together or or passed off a stunt in, you know, nine months now, it's going to take you some time. So the quicker you can get that chemistry down heading into the year, uh the just the the better opportunity you have to get off to a fast start well
0: we mentioned there's six weeks to the start of training camp um that will come at the end of july um starting into the beginning of august and we're going to for the next six weeks talk a little bit more in depth about some of the position groups some of the the great competitions that are going on the changes that we've seen from last year to this year some of them that we expect uh, and anything that we hear coming out of Allen Park, uh, it could sometimes be a little bit tough to, to get some news at this time. But TJ and I will uh, will find out what that is, and we'll make sure that you we relay that information to you. Uh, so stay tuned right here on Necessary Roughness.